welcome everyone and welcome to another scintillating edition of the army of smartness podcast and i'm your co-host jd no okay ryan is here with us uh and in, in spirit and in, you know in the flesh as well but uh he's under the proverbial weather we've got some technical issues to deal with uh you know so we're it's gonna be a jd heavy episode today and that's just all right with me uh, as my wife can go ahead and tell you jd's pr plenty heavy on his own um we've got a lot to cover we're gonna get through uh nitro prior to the clash of champions and raw prior to the royal rumble of 1996 uh but that's all we're gonna get to probably today given everything that's happened since last we spoke uh and also with ryan's technical and uh shall we say under the weather difficulties um so, yeah, Ryan, have you heard anything in the news lately? I heard something about the, the proverbial excrement has hit the fan. Is that is that correct? Uh, so to speak, it seems uh, the well, really the impetus of why we started this whole show to begin with, uh, we're, we're starting to see just how nasty it really, really was with Mr. Vince McMahon. Yeah. Oh, man, I thought you were talking about the Falcons hiring Raheem Morris. I, I apologize. Let me, let me back up on that. I, I thought that the whole reason we had this podcast was to keep Raheem Morris from being hired as the Atlanta Falcons head coach. No, no actually, We'll circle back to that in a minute. That's it is my fault. fault. You, we'll get into that in a minute. Back. But, no, since uh, since you've already brought it up, uh, send lawyers, guns, and money, Ryan. The shit has hit the fan and the intern, um, or the paralegal, I should say. According to court documents filed this week, uh, <clears throat> there are allegations. And let me stress that I cannot stress this enough. All we have now are base allegations. And believe me, they're about as base as they get. Um, that Vincent Kennedy McMahon, formerly of the WWE, formerly of TKO. We'll get all that, all that in a second. All, as the fallout continues to drizzle from the sky. Um, like so much piss porn. Basically, he's been accused of, they use the term sex, tra sex trafficking, which is not necessarily what I thought of when I read this, um, but I guess technically under the definition, maybe, maybe it is. Uh, but the, the so-called illegal paralegal, we now have a name to put to the, uh, to the, to the, uh, well, to the infamy, uh, Janelle Grant. And don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to make light of this. It is an extremely serious situation, but some of it is just so absurd you can't help but laugh. Um, the part that's not funny is according to the documents, uh, Ms. Grant was down on her luck. She was, uh, you know, just dealing with the death of both of her parents. I guess they died within a fairly short time frame of each other. She would, had been their primary caretaker. Um, their estate, I guess, was bankrupt. And so there was not much support coming her way through that. But she did live in the same building as one uh, Vincent Kennedy McMahon, uh, the, the, her parents, her family apartment, I guess, was there. Um, and correct me if I get any of this wrong, Ryan. I'm kind of doing a little bit from memory. Essentially, she talks to the building manager or, or uh, you know, the doorman, something like that, and kind of you know telling her tale of woe. He acts as intermediary to her and Vince. Long story, not short, but condensed at the very least. Uh, Vince sort of says, yeah, sure, we'll hire you. Um, but you got to do a little something for me. I don't know if he ever made it explicit that it was a quid pro quo here exactly, but he clearly pressured this uh, this woman into, again, allegedly, 
uh, a lot of nefarious sex acts, uh, including Brian. There's no, there's no, there's just no good way to say it. Uh, he shat in her hair during um, a threesome whilst um, performing. Um, no, you know, I'm not going to say that's God's work because it's not. Um, it's uh, no, it's in fact the devil's three way. I would imagine. I, I imagine this was the devil's three way. Not yeah, this is um it brings new meaning to Vince's uh favorite phrase that's good uh shot. Um, yes, that's good that's defecation. D the defecation X is what we're we're looking at here. Um now allegedly again, don't want to get into all the prurient details, but um it doesn't appear to have been an accident, the the, the pooping. Uh, because he didn't let her shower off. While he did shower off, he did not let her and the other participant shower off during the uh, another hour and a half of um, would it be crass to call it lovemaking, Ryan? Would that be would that be crass? Um, <laughs> I don't know if there's a whole lot of love going on on this right here. Well, yeah. In in the uh, screenshots that are in said filings uh, of text messages, only text messages. Let me point that out quickly. Yeah, these are text messages. I don't know if they are, number. They are purported text messages, allegedly indicating uh, some of this activity. I don't know Vince's number, uh, and it does not have a phone number on there. It just says Vince. It's just Vince. Give yeah. the man the benefit of the doubt. I have no idea. Um, we all of this is unproven as of yet. We're not looking at a uh, beyond a reasonable doubt standard, though. This is a civil matter. Therefore, we're looking at a preponderance of the evidence standard, essentially 51% more likely than not likely that these events occurred. And that'll go, obviously, to a jury without um, some sort of out-of-court settlement. Now, here's what I find interesting, Ryan. Uh, she did agree to, after all of this, and we'll get into some more of the other stuff, I know there's hilarity and horrible, horrible things, but just saying them out loud, you can't help me like, what the hell? Um she agreed to the NDA. She's supposed to get $3 million. She got one of those $3 million, and they just didn't pay her anymore. Right? So, I mean, that, <laughs> according to the, the, the documents. So, he could have avoided all of this for a measly, measly $2 million to him, measly, not, not to anybody else. But, uh, yeah, it's like you could not make this up. This is insane. Uh, apparently, there were other WWE employees and uh, independent contractors alleged to have been involved in some of this, uh, like a former UFC heavyweight champion. That's all that's said, so we can't name names exactly as to who this may have been, but suffice to say it was a former UFC heavyweight champion that WWE was trying to re-sign in between the years of 2019 to 2021. That's a fairly short list, but we cannot say with any specificity who that might be. <clears throat> Oh, 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 oh. I'm sorry, I'm, I got a little in my throat there. Oh. Uh, yeah, so it uh, it could have been any beast, uh, anybody, anybody um, that was in, incarnate, I mean, in, engaged in these activities uh, at the time. And and apparently, this unknown UFC champion, again allegedly, asked for uh, PP videos. I mean, this is all very juvenile to me. Yeah, P, there's PPs and poo poos happening. Uh, in this, Ryan, for adultery, this is very infantile, is it not? Yeah, I, 
to be fair on all this, we like you said, we don't know what's true, what's not true. Um, oh, is it all it, allegations, it, bare allegations at this point? I will say it does have a lot of detail uh, for something that could have been made up. Um, yeah. But, you know, that's just my perception here. I have, you know, at, at the end of the day, uh, Harry Potter was made up, and so was, uh, you know. It had a lot of details. A lot of detail. Yeah. And, you know, had She's had some time to think about it. Which, uh, oh, by the sure. way, guys, uh, my, my audio is a little messed up at this point. I'm actually on my, my AirPods right now, so it sounds a little different because it is a little different. Well, um, between the allergies and the technical difficulties, we're, we're just grateful to have Ryan here at all. Yeah. Um, and uh, as far as Vince is concerned, I mean, look, we, we, we knew we we sort of had a, oh, which well, I, I guess we'll call a 30,000 foot view of mm-hmm. what is what uh, happened, I guess. But uh, it was what, alleged a year, and a, year and a half, year and a half ago. Um, That's when all the news now, started coming out. Yeah. And now we're getting the nitty gritty. And for the first time Ooh, it's ever, gritty. and for the first time ever, uh, there is not one McMahon on payroll blood-related McMahon on payroll for the WWE since 1950. Uh, and right. that dates back to Jess McMahon. Vince's so, grandfather, I want to point out. Yeah, so it brings yeah. a lot of light to Stephanie's resignation and her and Triple H's and Nick Khan's uh, opposition to uh, Vince coming back, because all that happened. So you have to wonder, who knew what and when did they know it? Um you know, I, I think I've seen some scuttlebutt online. Oh, I can't wait to hear Bruce talk about this. Bruce ain't going to talk about it. I'm just going to tell you. And I don't mean that as a slight in any way, because he is potentially a witness in this claim. And I don't mean he, I'm not, I, I'm certainly not suggesting he was involved in any of this in any way. Um, I'm not, certainly not suggesting he has even, even any knowledge of it. But as a higher up in the company, and this suit calls out higher ups in the company, unnamed, but higher ups in the company. He will certainly be somebody that they're going to want to talk to to get his side of the story, even if that side truthfully is. I don't know anything about this. So as an ongoing legal matter, I would not expect him to uh, have any commentary on it at this point. Uh, Would you, Ryan? No, I I think at this time, uh, now is just as good a time as any to listen to your attorney. Yeah, Um, I would say, yeah. In the immortal words of Dave Chappelle, I guess you better shut the fuck up then. Yeah. Yeah, um, like you need to shut the fuck up. Uh, yep. but, but real Again, I'm not, that, I'm not, I do not mean to impugn his character or you know imply in any way that he had anything to do with it. I'm just saying he's someone they're probably going to want to depose as a higher up in the company. That's all I'm saying. Um, but yeah, it's it would not be a good idea for him to start talking about it. Um, or anybody, I mean, you know, Kevin Dunn or, um, uh, even Jr. I mean, I, he was kind of in footsie with the company back at this point. So, I mean, he, but he, you know, if, if the pattern of behavior goes back as long as some seem to suggest it does, not necessarily this woman, then Jr. might be somebody they want to talk to. Again, not saying he had anything to do with or knew about it, because frankly, Ryan, I don't know about your proclivities, and you don't know about mine. As close friends as we are, as close podcast co-hosts as we are, uh, I, you know, I'm just suggesting that there's not any guarantee that J.R. Bruce anybody that, like that knows about this kind of thing. Um, so, you know, it's it's a whole mess is what it is. But uh, the ramification of that mess were Slim Jim uh, backed out. The key sponsor of the Royal Rumble backed out 
uh, you know, of their sponsorship I, I, of the Royal Rumble. Go ahead, please. I, I saw that, but you watched the Rumble last night, I assume. Yeah, I did. They still had commercials and was still on the... The story's not over yet. Okay. I, I, haven't, yeah. I haven't looked up why that was, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, permit me to explain why. Um, they they pulled out. That's why. <laughs> I don't know. They pulled out. And then just a couple hours later, Vince resigned. And then Slim Jim put it back in. So they they, they jumped back on board as soon as Vince resigned. Uh, Vince resigned from WWE, TKO, any three-letter combination you want to, um, you know, throw at him, he's out of it now. Um, so, yeah, he he's out for good this time because he doesn't have the shares to buy his way, to force his way back in like he did the last time. Uh, so I have to imagine this is finally and actually the end of Vince McMahon and his association with World Wrestling Entertainment. Um, Ryan, I don't know if you saw this or not, but uh, I saw this very unconfirmed kind of, you know, rumors and quote-unquote news flying everywhere on this sort of thing where this may have been part of Vince and Shane's falling out. Uh, someone said that Shane knew a little bit, not necessarily all in the gory details, but knew some bad news about his father and was trying to get him to stop or get him out of the company or do something. And that was the genesis of their split. I, I don't know if I believe that. I don't know if that's true or not, because why would Stephanie stay around? Right. I mean, I, I don't, you know, um, but again, that's out there, but Shane just stays getting over is my point there. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, they, they I didn't know if you heard that report. No, I, I I have no idea as far as Stephanie right. is concerned. I, I have not. Uh, I it, And this is just me spitfiring here. Um, Go ahead, please. I do think that you're going to see Stephanie return. Um, I would not be surprised. Because yeah. there is there is now an open seat on there. And yeah. um, they need somebody that knows his company inside and out. And let's face it, the ones that they currently have on the well, board right now did not grow up in the business. They they don't know. And, and you know, I'll, I'll tip my hat to Nick Khan. To be honest, he is a fabulous corporate um, uh, guy. See, I mean, he, he's he, he's done he's done very well in the short time he's been there. I, oh, yeah. I, will, I will tip my hat to that guy. He knows what's going on. Um, and so you know, you you, you got to you, you really got to anticipate. Hey. Uh, they're going to probably look to Nick uh, for someone to add to the uh, TKO on there. And I, I got to say, Stephanie's probably going to be at the top of that list, I would think. Yeah, well, I think t Triple H will certainly welcome another ally uh, on the board. And again, to your point, someone who knows about the business. Uh, and yeah, I, I can certainly see that happening, particularly to have a, a man back in, um, in the circle, if nothing else. But... A bright, shining young name on the on the uh, on the board of directors announced shortly before all this um, excrement hit the fan. The Rock, and yes, we can say that again because Dwayne Johnson, as part of his compensation package, joined the uh, WWE board of, or excuse me, TKO board of directors. Uh, he has gotten full rights and permission to use the name The Rock. So Dwayne Johnson is no more. Well, he I mean he still exists, but he can use the name The Rock. And that and $30 million in stock options get you a seat on the board. How about that? So I, I don't know if you heard Triple H's uh, or the entire press conference last night after the um, 
after the Rumble, but, you know, Triple H spoke about how great it was to have somebody that he, A, already has a relationship, B, knows the business, C, has, you know, he already has a sort of shorthand. He can communicate, you know, he can, I guess they're going to be speaking in Kizarney in, in the board meetings. Uh, so, you know, he's lauding um, The Rock's return to, to the WWE. Finally, The Rock has come back to Dwayne Johnson, um, which is, no, it's great because who has built a bigger brand in the last 15, 20 years than the rock who has built, you know, more of a, a media presence and empire. And he's got, what does he have tequila and energy drinks and mix those together, I guess. And he's got movies and TV shows and sitcoms and major motion pictures and sitcoms. Um, you know, just like dusty always wanted. So that's big news as well. But right. You know, Ryan, it makes me wonder. Regular over-the-air television, I feel like, is not big enough to handle something like this. Now, the property that TKO, and specifically WWE, and even more specifically, WWE Raw has become over the last weeks and days, I don't know that uh, there exists a platform big enough to host it. What do you think, Ryan? Uh, There might be one. Uh, oh, yeah? I, but it has to be something fact, like matter, matter of fact, there's Disney+. One Plus. Has, uh, that has a captive audience of about 250 million. Um, the millions and millions, as it were. Of the Netflix subscribers. Of course, we're oh, talking about goodness. Monday Night Raw moving to Netflix. Um, wow. For the for the bargain basement price of, what, $5 billion with a B dollars with a Z over 10 years? Do I have that correct? So half a bill per year on yep. average? Five hundred right. million. Five hundred million every year. My good for one show. That's not for all that's not like the WWE network. That's not like all their legacy content and all this and that and the other. I don't know what's gonna happen with that, but that was for just raw. My goodness gracious. I hope you had some TKO stock in your back pocket, Ryan, because God knows I didn't. Which um, I, find, I find it very interesting that this lawsuit gets filed on Vince the day after this deal is announced. Yeah, um, yeah. It's – I'm now, not saying, I'm just saying. Uh, right. Know. It is interesting timing, to say the least. Now, from what I have read, and again, take this with a grain of salt because I just read things sometimes. Uh, Vince still has shares in TKO worth between 2 and $3 billion. So my guess is if he's resigned, they're going to have to buy him. Are they going to have to buy those shares out? Uh, or or what's, what's I don't understand what's happening with that um, exactly. Or does he get to keep the shares? He just doesn't have any power. Well, I mean, he can keep the shares on it, but probably what he's going to uh, – my guess is that he's going to completely sell off everything, and he'd have to do an SEC filing to uh, – Oh, yeah, the, yeah. The Southeastern Conference is going to be all over this because the, they're, they're let, big let, into the media rights. Let the government know that uh mm -hmm. his vince's nil bill is coming through and uh yes yeah, yeah, anyways it, it's well, uh, it, it was I, um I think, I think that the timeline on that would probably at the earliest be six months yeah uh, it's, it's going to take some time because like when if you watch ozark um when you know he was going to clear out his bank account and get it in cash um they take a little time to get the money together so they, they probably have to get, get some sort of structured buyout i, I don't know uh, but basically, Vince is saying, you know, I got a split because I got priors and my attorney's going to need some money. So uh, how about, 
hand me, hand me about two, three billion dollars. And so um, interesting, interesting times that we live in, Ryan. Um, let's go ahead and you know, while we're on all the, I guess, bad news, depending on how you look at it, uh, let's touch back on your Atlanta Falcons. <clears throat> Who's the new coach? Of the, the Atlanta? It was Bill Belichick, right? Did they, get, they got Bill Belichick? All right. No, because you cursed them. Uh, well, I didn't want them to have Bill Belichick. I did want them to have uh, Jim Harbaugh. Though. Did, did they get Jim Harbaugh? Tell me that my all my dreams came true. We got Jim, mother effing Harbaugh, and his khakis. They, they Harbaugh didn't. Uh, okay. They didn't play any Harbaugh with, Har with, with Jim. No, they were not playing uh -huh. Harbaugh with Harbaugh. Well, certainly, certainly, we're taking a chance on a brash up-and-comer. Someone, you know, made – he doesn't have head coaching experience, but has been a hot shot coordinator. Uh, you know, a bright young coach. You might like a Bobby Slowick, a Steve Wilkes, uh, someone of that ilk. That's who we got, right, Ryan? Just a bit outside. Oh, no, 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 we didn't. Uh, well, now, you don't mean to tell me that we have a retread head coach that was a failure in this very division. Uh, in, in, in the last several years, and also was in fact the interim head coach of this team, and one went uh, about four and seven, if memory serves. And not only that, but prior to being interim head coach, was the defensive coordinator of this team when the defense was by far the worst part of the team. We, we didn't do that, did we, Ryan? Well, no, it's not Emmett Thomas. It's uh, no, you're about, that was the interim before that. I'm talking the, the interim between. It's Raheem Morris. Ramo, 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 Ramo. My uh, you know, goodness. It's, you know, by all accounts, and, I, and I'm going to say this about Raheem. He, he, Please, I wish you would. I have never seen one coach get so many endorsements from so many people um, on ESPN, from players. I mean, everybody seems to love him. And to be fair, that was 2010 when he was a coach for – the Buccaneers. Yeah. And I'm sure he's. A, I'm sure he's a. I'm sure he's a great people person, but his he's resume perfect. is not where I would prefer it be uh, for a head coaching position. Um, as far as yeah, Robbie, uh, of course I'm going to support the guy. He seems like a very likable dude. Uh, Everyone seems to like him. That's true. I, I don't. Uh, I just. I just can't. Uh, I, I, out of all the people you interviewed. Raheem gave the greatest interview at all of them. And, times, the, apparently. and apparently Eric B. Enemy is just terrible because they didn't even try to interview him. Well, no one has. Like, no one's interviewed him, have they? I know. I think the bloom is off of that rose. I think I think Eric B. Enemy is his own worst B. Enemy. And he, I don't think he's, I don't think he's getting a shot, frankly. I think, you know, maybe if he goes back to KC in sort of a head coach and waiting situation. But yeah, nobody appears to be giving him a look. And uh, also, the the uh, Atlanta Falcons are bringing over Zach Robinson for the uh, offensive. And here's to you, Zach Robinson. And this will be his first uh, OC um, uh, position. And you know, uh, obviously, I'm, I'm hoping for the best, but I'm preparing for the worst, as Falcons fans generally do. Um, mm -hmm. And they, we generally get what we expect, so that's good. We definitely get what we deserve uh, more often than not, and uh, and you know, listen, man. At the end of the day, we love this team. 
I've tried to quit. I've tried to quit. I can't. They've got it's, me. It's a it's a drug. We can't do it. Um, and the more I thought about it, the more I was warming up to the idea of Bill Belichick. Because I mean, if if you're telling me that we're just going to keep the same people that we've had for the past twenty years, I'm looking at you, Rich McKay, uh, mm-hmm. in in charge, and we're you know we're just going to keep going that route. It ain't freaking working, right? No. Uh, and at the end of the what's the, uh, you hire Bill Belichick. Well, okay. What, what's the worst that could happen? We come in last. Yeah, we've already done that. We've been there. <laughs> uh, or we come in uh, what eighth from last, seventh from last. Usually where we're at. Um, yeah, that sounds about right. I, I just man, at the end of the day, guys, it, it just I, I wanted something different. I wanted something that was going to shake things up. Bill Belichick would have done that. Um, yeah, for better I mean, or look, for better or worse. I was, as I told you, and as we've discussed, I was not a fan of the idea of Bill Belichick coming in here. Um, but at the very least, you could rationalize it as a big swing, right? I mean, they're trying something, it might be a mistake, but damn it, they're trying. Uh, this, as I said at the outset, is the falconiest and therefore the likeliest outcome, which is why you're blaming me for it. Uh, which is fair. I can't can't deny that. Uh, it just doesn't inspire any confidence. I saw somebody say where, oh, well, he's a great fit. He fits the Atlanta culture. Well, we need to change the Atlanta. The Atlanta culture is being like the fourth worst team in the history of the NFL. Okay? That's the culture. We need somebody that has nothing to do whatsoever with that culture. It's cult, like it's a bacteria. I'll give you that. It's that kind of culture. Jesus, Jones Almighty! And while we're hot about stuff, let's just go on to this this year's this year's Royal Rumble, not not nineteen ninety six, but twenty twenty four Royal Rumble. My goodness, Ryan, did you have a chance to witness this spectacular last night? I did. Um, I thought that the women's Royal Rumble was actually very good, um, mm-hmm. and I'm sure you didn't like that. No, no, I enjoy. Let me tell you, I oh, you enjoyed the. Well, let me. You're stepping all over me here. I, I enjoyed the women's Royal Rumble probably the most I have ever enjoyed a women's Royal Rumble. I sat <laughs> outside and smoked a cigar. No, I no, <laughs> I, I I sat outside and smoked a cigar, and oh. uh, did did mock drafts on my phone, and then once I was like, oh, okay, it's over. Then I then I came back inside and watched it. But I, as I understand it, someone from TNA showed up, which was you know that's the thing that happened. That's very good. Uh, Jade Cargill uh, apparently acquitted herself quite well. Ooh, good to hear Jade that. Cargill, Jade Cargill is going. Oh, she's going to be a star. She's oh be a no, star. she has charisma written all. No, she's got star written all over. Right? You know, she, I, we she talked picked, about that. She picked up all of Nia Jax. Every inch all of her. it. Ooh, all of it. And that's made, a lot of inches. And, and made uh, poor Nia look like a rag doll. Just no problem. Put her, put her nice. up on her shoulders. Just dumped her over. Looked so this is like, like a Lex Luger, Yokozuna situation. That's what you're telling me. She, I mean, she literally looks like a fembot from uh, Austin Powers. And, and I mean, mm. it just... Uh, machine, nothing wrong machine gun jubblies? Nothing wrong with that, by the way. Uh, mm. And uh, she came out and... Uh, like I said, look like a million bucks. Her and Bianca Belair, I see a lot of good matches coming out of them. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Nia Jax has finally met somebody that she can't injure uh, as easily. Oh, she can try. I mean, yeah, let's let her try. 
Oh, yeah. And um, I mean, you, 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 the juxtaposition of of Becky Lynch standing next to Jay Cargill is like it's like a mom and her kid. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's it's one hundred percent. She is a star. She will be a star for a long time to come. And it looks like she's gotten better in the ring since AEW, and that she actually has a coach now. Um, right, someone who and, knows what they're doing to talk to her. So that's and, good. Uh, so, you know, way to go, Jade. I'm going to give props to that woman. I'm looking forward to seeing her in the ring. Um, Bailey, of course, gets the win on the Women's yep. Royal Rumble. She does. I think she's way overdue for that. She's way overdue for a – she has never had a singles match at WrestleMania. Uh, huh. I, I found that interesting. very interesting. That uh, is interesting. I, I just – I just uh, well, I mean, when you think about it, there's what two women's matches, singles matches at, at WrestleMania. Generally speaking, the championship. Yeah, but she's one of the that. four horse persons, right? For four per- persons of horse. All right, so four I mean, horse women. Yeah, whatever. Well, women. I don't know if we want uh, if we, if we're allowed to say that. Women. I don't know if we're allowed to say women anymore. But yeah, no. So yes, um, Bailey wins and well deserved. Last eliminating uh, Briggs and Stratton and Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Um, so that's very good. Uh, she as you said, is a top, top star in the WWE and kind of cementing her place there as a top star in WWE. She's done it. Um, you know, she was a big baby face when she started off with the wacky two buddies or whatever. Um, and then she became a heel and kind of got herself over uh, on the mic. So, you know, congratulations to her. Hard work paying off there. Um, glad to see that happening for Miss Bailey. Moving on, we had uh, the the disputed... Universal Championship uh, in a fatal four-way was being contested by the champion Roman Reigns, of course, uh, AJ Styles, L.A. Knight, and somebody without initials, a uh, friend of the show's, friend of the show, Carl's friend, Randy Heath Orton. How'd that go? Did Orton get his 15th championship? Did AJ Styles get the vitamin S going and, and, and really and, and take it to the top there. How about L.A. Knight? Yeah. He finally get the rocket strapped to his back. Pinch me if you've heard this before. Mm. Roman wins with solo Sokoa interference. Oh, that's wonderful, isn't it? Um, yeah. Ow, so, somebody just pinched me. Yeah, yeah, that was a virtual pinch. That's for you. Take that with you. Um yeah, I you know what's the same about this? It wasn't a bad match. It was a fa- it seemed fast. This said it was 1930. It did not seem like it took that long. Are they counting all the entrances too? Hey, hey, the the in ring as far as the action is concerned, top notch. It wasn't those bad. Guys, yeah, those those guys did great. Um, yeah, the ending is stale. I am tired. Well, it's, of it's a maintenance it. match. It's a maintenance match. I mean, the, no, nothing was going to happen to prevent. <clears throat> Yeah, the, the headline in WrestleMania. Can we please get Solo Sokoa another finisher? The small spike, you don't like that? So, no, it's a taped up thumb sticking in your damn throat. How is that knocking you out? I don't know. Umanger made uh, made quite a career on that one. Here's an idea. Is is taping it up and all this other stuff, I mean, is that legal? Well, I mean, yeah, because CM Punk tapes his entire from the elbow down, uh, you know, and Triple H did that too. I mean, people have wrist tape; it's a thing. 
Well, well, I mean, what, Cesaro's got that weird spider web tape all over his back and shoulders and body. About, what is it about Solo's thumb that is so devastating mm-hmm. that is going to put you on your ass, not in your ass? Hey, I guess, I guess it could we already be. talked about that. That was that was earlier. But I, I just don't like it. It's a, it's okay. You know, I, I guess it's even okay once in a while. But I just the man needs something else. Well, I mean, just, you, what you about know, the tongue I, and death I, grip? Oh, I would love the tongue and death grip because you know what? That's no, 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 actual, no, no. I'm saying like that's a stupid, move. that's a stupid move too because you can just take a a single step backwards. He's not holding the back of your head, and so he just has his hand, his arm out, extended. You can take one step backwards and be out of the thing. I mean, the I'm tongue gonna, and death I'm grip is a stupid ass move too. I understand the carotid arteries are there. But the tongue and death grip, if you get it on somebody and you and you get them down, yeah, you can chuck them out. But you, but they're just going to step backwards. I mean, if he had the back of their head and then did it, I, I would get it. So they can't move. You can freely move. He is not touching any other part of your body. You can smack his hand away. You can take a step back, a but, step to the side, well, a step I mean, to the right. I hate, I, hate to to... Tell you, I hate to tell you, J.D., but the stunner and the diamond cutter and the RKO, you can take and still be fine. Well, it's, I understand that. It well, I mean, well, if it hits you. on the chin where it's supposed to, no, it's just like getting, it's just like a, an uppercut to the chin is the the, I, the theory behind it. Again, and just like with the mandible claw, there there is a nerve under your tongue that hurts if you, if you press on it. But yeah, to Bill Watts' point, I can just bite your fucking fingers before you get to it. So it, like, there, there does need to be some, um, you know, suspension of disbelief. I'm not saying the Samoan Spike's a great move. I'm just saying there. If we're going to start putting everything under a microscope, there are a lot of bad moves out there. It just seems to me that a punch would hurt worse. I'm just saying. Well, uh, this um, is supposed to be more precise than a punch. I think that's the point of the taping to make it more solid, like a fist, so his thumb doesn't bend backwards, or you know, it's kind of reinforced a little bit, and he shoots you right, you know, a, a thumb right to the throat. You're going to go, like that. I mean, again, we already discussed this earlier with the Vince allegations, but. Um, you know, I, I kind of understand where it's coming from. Again, I don't like it. I don't think it's very good, but I, I understand where they're where they're coming from with it. Um, but yeah, the point is Samoa Spike um to AJ, right? And then AJ t- eats the pen on that in nineteen thirty. And I just think I just think the man that from his size and everything, I just think he needs another move. But that's just me. No, again, um, I, I get it. And I said the same thing with you manger. Um, but yeah, there is precedent for it. it is uh, which, by the way, didn't the executioner have a have the same move? Did he? I Terry think he, Gordy under it, the hook? It may not, it, yeah, it may not have been like the spike, but I think he like maybe held somebody's held down and like pushed to the end as like a submission or something. Because I remember him. There were so few executioner matches, yeah. I don't remember. Which, by the way, they've got an elite coming out of him. I'm pretty excited. Oh, about. thank God! Uh, How about an actual just regular Terry Gordy? Well, that's that's the thing you can you can take that that's the thing you can take off all the stuff and use Terry Bam Bam. Um, That's fine. I'll I'll take that then. Um, uh, New uh, Ultimate Yokozuna out, by the way. Yes. Keep an eye out for that. I'm looking for that. Yeah. Certainly be getting that when it comes. Well, yeah. um, So of course, uh, Cody is going to attempt to finish the story again. Well, Um, oh, easy there, Sonny Jim. We got uh, Logan Paul coming first. Okay, Logan Paul wins. 
Yeah, there, that was a good job. All right, so on to the Royal Rumble. Um, yeah, we've got a <laughs> lot of storylines coming into this one. Um, you know, Cody Rhodes in, in the uh, post-game presser um, said, yeah, I kind of hate the this phrase, finish the story, because now everybody's got a story. CM Punk, I've got a story. I'm the real American dream. Uh, Drew McIntyre, oh, I've got to finish my story, too. And, uh, you know, who are LA Knight, you know, well, I've got a little bookmark in here that I had to finish a story as well from uh, from Saudi Arabia and, and Los Angeles and all these places. Um, so yeah, suffice to say it was a, it was an interesting uh Royal Rumble. It was it was fine for what it was, it wasn't anything. I mean, it was a Royal Rumble, Cody wins it. Uh, CM Punk and he were the last two, as you would expect. And you just know Tony Khan's gonna be watching this, like, I had both of these guys. What are we doing? What are we doing? Well. Yeah, not yeah, this is true, and uh, not only that, there was there was the return of Andrade. Uh, but yeah, that's about sure. it. That's, yeah, there weren't any big surprises the this year. Like the, with X Pac had of course been highly rumored that that, that didn't come to pass. Um, the Beast from the East, former UFC uh, heavyweight champion Brock Lesnar, um, you know he he was rumored to to be making a return. That didn't happen for whatever reason. I can't fathom. Um, you know, almost <laughs> came in, which you know was fun, I guess. Uh, there, there was talk about oh, they they mentioned something about the cooperation between NWA or excuse me, the WWE and uh, TNA has never been stronger, and that'll be shown tonight. Their women's champion was in the Rumble. Nobody cares who is that. Jordan Great, nobody knows. Uh, Dolph Ziggler, Nick Nemeth, whatever wasn't there. Uh, any of the other TNA people that someone would have known, a WWE watcher would have known, they weren't in it. Um. The bidding war of 2024, I guess, is ongoing because MJF wasn't in it. That had also been sort of rumored. I don't know how much I believed that. But, you know, anyway, it was just, I don't know, it was a placeholder rumble. Everything about this year for Cody has felt like a make good. Like, ah, yeah, we should not have done that last year. Uh, we got to do something different now. Uh, that's kind of how I feel about the whole thing because, really, we're just back to where we were. You could have done this last year and – I think been a lot better off for it, but you know, either he wins it this year or literally just ne he's never going to do it. And I guess that's fine. He'll make a million dollars, you know, make millions of dollars and, and be happy. But as a fan, I, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to feel creatively satisfied. Well, to be fair, I don't feel creatively satisfied at all, no matter what they do, because it should have done it last year. But here we are setting the stage for this year's WrestleMania plate full of piss too. This time it's flatter. Um, I just I don't know what to say about this. Uh, uh Ryan, what, what do you have to say about it? Keep it brief. Cody was the one that needed to win the Rumble, honestly, yeah. in my opinion. That he, but I felt like I was gonna I was gonna bitch if he didn't win, and then he wins, and I still kind of bitch about the Rumble. Um, well, it wasn't a very good Rumble, man. You know, he won. Yeah, it just. Just wholly uninspired, um, just kind of a meh to me. And yeah. uh, you know, it, it's good to see, you know, good to see Cody win. He should, like I said, he should have won. The the right man won, in my opinion. Uh, CM Punk obviously had a good showing. Uh, Braun Breaker uh, came in and t uh, apparently took Brock Lesnar's place, and uh, the. Rumor and innuendo was that, uh, you know, he was obviously he was thrown out by Dominic, uh, and uh, Brock was supposed to be thrown out by Dominic, and 
we would have had a uh, Brock and Dominic at WrestleMania. Uh, hmm. Which that would be interesting. I did, honestly, I would have loved to have seen that. Um, yeah, not not something that I ever really considered before. Um, no, yeah, but, uh, but uh, anyways, I, I hope uh, maybe somewhere down the road we'll see it. I doubt it anytime soon. Uh, but yeah, uh, but anyways, it, it just. Uh, so yeah, I, I think that the rumble was just—it's—it's it's not that these that the guys did bad work. It's just the uh, the whole creative on it. I mean, Pat McAfee had a uh, came in and and got out. I just and wasted like some put, time. Yeah, could have put it. You could have put X Pac in there, or you know, what's Drew Carey doing? And, and I, I mean, think everybody. Well, at least Drew Carey acted like he was going to do it at first, and uh, and not only that, but. I, was I the only one thinking that The Rock was going to be in this? Um, no, I, mean, I'm, I could see that have ha- having happened, but then, I mean, either he's got to win it or you're going to take wind out of the sails going into the, the, the Roman match. So, um, here's I, my question thinking, about it. I'm thinking we're not going to see The Rock versus Roman at WrestleMania. I think it's going to happen in Saudi Arabia. Or Australia? I don't think it's going to happen in Australia. I think it happens at Saudi Arabia at the uh, – okay. Crown Jewel. Maybe so. Maybe so. Um, because they're going to pay the most money for it. Here, here's my question though. Uh, Damian Priest was in the Royal Rumble. Why? I mean, the goal of the Royal Rumble is to win, and you get a title shot at WrestleMania. He's got a title shot at WrestleMania if he wants it. He's got I a title shot that. any damn time he wants the damn thing. I said that at first, but I mean, logically, you look at it. Now you got two shots. Nah. I don't need two shots. If I time if I time it right, I just need one shot. Um, yeah, it's just no, no. I why why put yourself? Through I mean, that? I mean, honestly, if he wanted to time it correctly, I don't know why Damian Priest did not cash it in when um, Seth Rollins said that he's out with an injury. Yeah, right then. That, that's the best time to do it, right there. Right? Yeah, I was, I was he's out with an injury. Place. All right, but he's not relieved from the belt. Well, guess what, motherfucker. Yeah, no that that would have been really? that would have been smart, but they didn't do that because they're not smart. Um, which, tell, which tells me that Damian Priest is not going to be a uh, champion. Uh, no, no, they don't have any plans for him. Uh, I, don't, I don't think that's going to happen. No, I don't think um, they ever, ever do anything with him because that was the perfect time to do it. And they're just like, oh, shit, you know, if not if not then when? I mean, like you said, there is no better time to do it. That's brilliant. Yeah, and uh, I, I think, um, like I said, the. Men's Royal Rumble just sort of wholly uninspired. Didn't really have didn't really have a whole lot of stuff going for it. But I tell you what, Royal Rumble wasn't too bad. Hey, here we and go. That was the nineteen ninety six Royal Rumble. Um, of course, we had some uh, little some nostalgia matches and what have you going on there. Um, but we also had the uh, Clash of Champions in nineteen ninety six. Do you want to cover the Nitro leading first, and and then we'll yeah. Into... I guess we'll, we'll hold it chrono- chronologically correct, otherwise it won't make much sense because there are two title changes on the Raw, or excuse me, the Nitro leading into the Clash of Champions. Spoiler alert: uh, twenty eight years ago. Um, yeah, no. Let me uh, scroll down here. Let me find my place. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so we've got you know the Clash. Coming up, it's actually the next night. Uh, so they're already in Las Vegas. They're already at Caesars. They're ready to go. Cur- jerking the curtain here is your friend and mine, 
Macho Man Randy Savage, injured arm and all, taking on the Nate Woo! You're at this point, I think, fourteen or excuse me, twelve-time champion, uh, the Nature Boy Ric Flair, and beats him. Opening match at Nitro, we've got a world championship title change. Oh my goodness! Um, it's a decent match. There's a lot of outside interference because they're trying. You know, it's more about story than the match on this one. Getting this jerk in the curtain, and it's a cold match essentially. Um, Anderson try, you know, Arn Anderson tries to interfere. Uh, can't you know do too much of it? Sorry, I'm pouring here. Uh, Hulk Hogan does interfere and uh, helps uh, Macho Man out for the the victory. Um, Macho astutely points out in the end in the post match interview that uh, Hogan is celebrating like he won when no no I won I held Rick down for the one two three brother. And um, Hogan says, you know, yeah, that may be the case, but uh, I'm happy for you. But I want the first shot at the title. Um, now, this is all, of course, sort of leading to the next night at Clash of Champions. And they announced that when the Macho Man and Hulk Hogan take on the Giant and Ric Flair, they're going to have not one, but two secret weapons at their disposal. One, of course, being... Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers' own Kevin Green, who's been on the show here for a few weeks, but also making her long-awaited return to the world of professional wrestling, the first lady of professional wrestling, Miss Elizabeth herself. Uh, they 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 go ahead and hype this up, and it, you know my feelings on Miss Elizabeth. And I was like, okay, that's a, a thing that occurred, um, <clears throat> and then you know. That's basically the end of that segment. It's saying, you know, okay, we've got Miss Elizabeth here. And that's like, okay, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Like, that's, that wasn't the, the biggest, the best, you know, go home punch they could have given. I, I didn't think, but you tell me, Ryan, did you have a, a different opinion of the match and of the, uh, the, the, the revelation of Miss Elizabeth? A lot of nostalgia in this. I remember watching this, uh, when I was a kid. Uh, so yeah, I, you know, for eight minutes and 35 seconds, that's about as good of a match as you're going to find between these guys. I uh, think with everything considered, I mean, you got woman on Randy Savage's side. You got Jimmy Hart somehow on Rick Flair's side. It's just. Um, and Linda Hogan, let's not forget, she's in the bevy of beauties there that uh, came out with oh, Macho I did, Hogan. I did, I did not notice Linda. She was uh, the but, first one. She was the first one out, Linda Hogan. I guess I missed that. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it. Um, yeah, as far as the in-ring is concerned, I mean, how can you get any better than Savage and Flair? Oh, it's, 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 it's hard it, to. You, you, you can't. I mean, even at this stage in 96, I mean, they're still. No, certainly. The, the, the better than 98% of the shit you see on TV now. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I thought it was a great match. Um, I don't know what Meltzer gave that. I, I give it three and a half, man. I thought it was, I was damn good. Um, yeah, the match itself was perfectly fine. It's a, it's a thumbs up for me, but, I mean. Flair, I don't want to say he's saying it, just, it just serves. It just serves another way for Hogan to get the title again. So. Yeah, it's a point A to point B situation. They're trying to recreate the mega powers a little bit here. Uh, you know, eight years later, uh, eight or nine, or seven or eight years later. Excuse me. Um, it, you know, it's, it was it was a fine match, but maybe not what you would expect from these two. Let's put it that way. Uh, they are they are capable of a better match, but there wasn't anything wrong with it. If I can say it that way. 
Uh, let's see here. What was the what was the on this? I'm put, I don't see the actual card here, Ryan. Sorry. Uh, uh, you had Pillman and Malenko next. Was Pillman and Malenko next? Okay. Yeah. So we got Pillman in his loose cannon gimmick and uh, the Iceman D Malenko. Um, yeah, I thought it was a great match. Um, it, it was an interesting, um, interesting pairing because you've got the very stoic, the well, the Iceman D Malenko and the very wild loose cannon. Um, Ryan Pillman, and he gets himself into some hot water in, in the clash that we'll get into uh, when, when we cover that. That's the the infamous clash between uh, uh, Brian Pillman and, Bob, and Bobby Heenan. Um, you know, it, it was a match that occurred. I'll put it that way. Um, Ryan, what, what did you think about this one? It, uh, you know, for what it was, I mean, it was just a quick, uh, quick all these matches here are quick hitters basically um, right well it's and, still only an hour show at this point and I, and I felt like give these guys 20 minutes it would have been six stars anywhere you sure anywhere in the, on this planet uh for six for six out uh excuse me six minutes i mean this this was a good match i'm gonna, I'm gonna give it three stars on it uh, i thought it started just a little awkward and then ended um better but uh, other than that, three stars all the way uh, to fine, fine wrestlers right there. Absolutely. Now, also, uh, I want to point out, we, I did gloss over this, and I apologize. Um, yeah, the uh, Mexican heavyweight champion, Conan, comes Conan. out to the announce desk. Conan comes out to the announce desk and, and vows uh, to defend his title against, I believe, Psychosis at the Clash. Um, so that's that's fun. Um, yeah, it was, a uh, it, it kind of like when, um, oh, not what's the guy's name, Craig Pittman came out a couple weeks ago. It just, it seemed out of place and kind of weird spot for him just to walk up, strut ass up to the announce desk and unbidden, just talk for a while and then walk away and not really seeming to have made an impact. I, I kind of liken it to the same, uh, you know, the, the same thing that happened with Pittman. I, I don't know. It was weird. Uh, but yeah, I mean, at least it's given Conan some sort of an introduction. Um, then they promo uh, after the Malenko and Pelham match, they promo the wedding of the century, I guess, uh, for that slated at the clash between Colonel Robert Parker and Sister Sherry. That, that's a good time. Always love a good wrestling wedding, don't you? Yeah, they seem to work out so well. Mm -hmm. oh, they always go off without a hitch. Yeah, you know, you know, what does it the say? First one did. What does it say that this isn't even the best Las Vegas wedding chapel wedding angle of the 90s? Hmm. What does it say about it? Uh, we had two weddings. Yeah. Well, you remember in just uh, what, three years from now, two or three years from now, uh, the, uh, Triple H and Stephanie? We're going to get married at a little white chapel drive-through in Vegas um, while uh, Stephanie is unconscious, <laughs> if you'll recall that. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, moving on, we've got uh, Sting and Lex Luger, and Sting's still trusting Lex Luger for reasons unknown, <laughs> taking on your WCW World Tag Team Champions, Harlem Heat. What? We already had one world title cha change. We can't possibly have another in, in within 20 minutes, can we? That's it was an embarrassment of riches. Yes, absolutely. Truly, embarrassment of riches in Vegas, Caesar's Palace. Yes, emphasis on embarrass. 
Um, yeah, so we've got this one. Luger cheats to win to help you know, to, to help uh, help his team get the victory there. Uh, Sting, of course, doesn't see it, so there's some question. Maybe if there was a television show, he could watch and see exactly what happened. Uh, but no, that's not anyway. Um, yeah, so <laughs> Sting, they're they're setting the seeds here for Luger to betray Sting, obviously, or, or something happening, you know, between between those two. Uh, and again, using. Kind of like they're using the world title just to further this story between Hogan and Savage. They're using the world tag team titles here to uh, do the same thing with Luger and Sting, uh, which sucks if you're Harlem Heat, but that's that's where we're at. I didn't care for this match that much. I'm going to give this one a thumbs down. How about yourself? Yeah, a little clunky. Um, yeah. So, somehow, like, Luger managed to bring the three other people down. Um, it happens. Yeah, I'm not, you know, looking back, not a fan. Of course, when this happened, I remember distinctly cheering whenever they won. So, uh, hey, if the kids well, that's like the it, idea. That's, yeah. that's, good enough, that's good enough for business, right? Well, because so, Harlem Heat are heels here. Let's not, let's not forget, they are, they are theoretically the bad guys. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a star and a half. Yeah, it's just, eh, it's, it's whatever. Speaking of whatever, uh, we got a WCW non-title match uh, of the world – the United States heavyweight champion, and I mean heavyweight champion, the one-man gang versus uh, humanitarian of the year, Hulk Hogan. Yeah, it, it's, it was just a, you know, essentially a squash match. It's non-title, so you know what's going to happen. Um, do, you want to tell, do you want to tell the story of one-man gang and Eric Bischoff? No, please. You tell it so much better than I do. Well, at one point, uh, one man gang was the uh, WCW United States champion and mm-hmm. uh, was a uh, you know, good worker for WCW. And uh, he, he has a meeting with Eric Bischoff and uh, thinks he, he needs a raise. Mm-hmm. And so he meets with Eric Bischoff and he says, Hey, I'm, uh, you know, his name's George Gray. Um, yep. says, hey, I'm George. I'm one man gang. Eric looks at him and says, okay, what do you want? He said, I'm your United States champion. Eric looks at him and says, really? <laughs> <laughs> and, and so uh, very next week, one man gang drops the title. <laughs> and uh, he is uh, no longer uh, with uh, WCW. Uh, I think In very short the, order. Very yeah. shortly after that. So it was, it yeah. was clear it was clear, and you know, to hear Eric tell it, he, he sounds like a little bit different. But it, I don't know. I find it very believable that Eric Michelle probably had no idea who Gang was. Well, I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna go kind on this one. I'm gonna say that Bischoff was uh, operating on more of a macro level at the at this point, <laughs> um, rather than worrying himself about you know who's under his employ and what titles they might have. Uh, he, he was, you know, talking more about EBITDA. And NAPTI conventions and all kinds of other uh, acronyms. Um, so yeah, he didn't have a whole lot of time to waste worrying about who was on his payroll and what belts they carried. So, <laughs> so yeah, that was the end of that show, um, setting up the the clash for the next night. I'm curious though, why was this not head to head with the Rumble? The why was the clash on Tuesday instead of a Sunday? Do we know anything about that? Well, clashes weren't normally on the weekends. They were they were they were during the week. Um, well, but the very first clash was counter program WrestleMania, though. Well, yeah, but uh, 
at this point, uh, it was normally it was normally during the week. I I remember them happening during the week. I remember having uh, on Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. I remember being all across there the was board. No, there was, was really no rhyme. Events. Yeah, there was really I, no rhyme or reason uh, on this. Didn't seem but, like uh, it. But I'll go ahead and uh, get on the uh, the Royal Rumble in '96. Uh, this is, uh, of course, this is uh, one of the. In my opinion, you know, the the Royal Rumble on '96 is one of the shorter Royal Rumbles. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think. Uh, Sean, obviously, spoiler alert, Sean Michaels comes out on top in this Royal Rumble. He's in there for 58 minutes. Um, yeah, he comes in kind of the middle of the pack. He doesn't start it like he did the year before. Yeah, he, he – uh, but anyways, so uh, to lead things off, Albany Johnson gets a win over Jeff Jarrett in um, uh, six minutes uh, for, over Jeff Jarrett. And, excuse me, I can't think right now. These allergies got been killing me. Uh, all right. Uh, uh, disqualification. Yeah, uh, we're going out of their way to really build Ahmed at this point, and uh, and you know Jarrett do what Jarrett do. He uh, he gets him with a uh, guitar shot to uh, lose by DQ. Well, Kabong, and uh, I guess this is uh, building on a feud here that never really gets a payoff, if I remember correctly. I think uh, short in short order after this, Jarrett is not going to be too much longer for the company at this point um yeah this and, this trip and uh Meltzer gives us a star and a quarter i think he's been very generous uh jared's work is good in it ahmed is terrible uh just in the ring but i, I ain't gonna lie at this at this at this age uh we'll see 96 i was nine years old at this point mm-hmm. um i was an ahmed fan i mean he he had charisma out the yin yang uh, he had his promos, not the best, uh, but it, it really did. I liken it to Ultimate Warrior. He could have gotten, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, he could have gotten up there and said anything. Uh, and uh, anyway, so it, uh, yeah, it, it was not, uh, not long for, uh, for the company after that, or he wasn't. And, uh, but yeah kind of a crappy matchup next you got smoking guns getting the win over the body dottas uh well whoa, whoa, whoa. uh excuse me future hall of fame tag team the smoking guns first yes. of all let's not let's not you, you keep you keep beating that drum so let's keep let's be, go I, ahead and I beat will, it on to death i will will this into existence and oh by the way tom pritchard needs to go to the hall of fame if he's not there already i can believe that one yeah and, as a trainer if nothing else look at who all he's trained her angle, the rock. You kidding me? Come on. But Meltzer gives us two stars. I thought it was a damn good one. I mean, you've got four people in here who know how to work. Sure. Um, you know, Chris Candido, Tom Pritchard, uh, Billy Gunn, and and Bart Gunn. Uh, mm-hmm. Hell of a hands, all of them good hands. Um, Bart, yeah, okay, but Hall of Fame uh, hands, baby. Come on. Well, he definitely got the knockout hands, and um, hands of stone, baby. So the body donors went for a double suplex on Bart, but as he was in the air, Billy tackled them both, and Bart fell on zip for the pin. Fell on. <laughs> I like the finish. The finish was cool. Yeah, it was creative. Yeah, <laughs> I enjoyed was, that. That was cool. It was a very um, kind of a. I don't know, it was not a rip off of Warrior and Rude, but it's similar. Um, mm. War, you know, Warriors suplexing him inside the ring. 
And, right. Um, Eaton pulls his feet out and Rude just falls on top Rude of him. Rude falls on top of him, yeah. Which I, I thought was a very creative ending on that one. That no, it, look, use what one. you have, and they certainly did here. So, uh, yeah, no, I like that. And this right here to me, uh, I think, is probably the most interesting uh, feud and, and match of the night. This is Goldust winning the Intercontinental title over Razor Ramon. Mm-hmm. This is Pete Goldust. Um, yeah. This is debut of Marlena, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yes. He, uh, whose name is Marlena. And, yes, there were um, – some chants out there that uh, weren't weren't too kind. Um, no, they yeah they would be canceled today. Perhaps uh perhaps a bit homophobic. Um, He's androgynous, pal. And and I want to take a second just to talk about Dustin Rhodes here. Please do. I feel like Dustin Rhodes, and and we you know we've watched matches from his uh, early WCW days to now, pass in. I don't get why he was – it just seems to me that he was just misused everywhere he went. Uh, and I don't know if it was because of who his dad was or mm-hmm. what, but Goldust right here, I mean, is is absolutely groundbreaking. I mean, this is – Oh, I had I, I would say that this is probably the first, you know, inkling of attitude right here. Uh, we we yeah. have a androgynous. Uh, some some would say, um, well, a whole crowd would tell you what they think, but uh, Jerry Lawler will tell you what he thinks here here in the next couple of weeks. And and McMahon obviously is making an uh, effort to tone down the gay inferences here, but Mister Perfect is not letting that happen. I don't know, uh, <laughs> homoerotic and home, home, oh, is it, he keeps using a homophobic and uh, and other yeah homosexual references. And Perfect's not letting this die. No, Mr. Perfect is old school. And again, this is another different time, different place. Uh, but uh, anyways, and and this is uh, the whole whole lead up to this is that there's a there's a question as to whether or not Goldust is wants Razor Ramon or wants the Intercontinental title. <laughs> um, yeah, which is an interesting. Of, uh, yeah. And as a matter of fact, there's a there's a point in a in a, in a previous Raw where uh, or uh, at a raw where Jerry Lawler is asking Goldust whether or not he is a, you know, was that previous? I thought yeah. it was after this, and, and not previous, but in a raw after this. Is okay, he okay. A, a, yeah, yeah. you know, and um, is he a you know? He said, No, I don't know. What are you? What am I? Aren't you? <laughs> am I what? And they bleep him out, but obviously it's the Q word um, that he says. How was the F word? Maybe my memory is wrong. Okay. No, it's it's the Q word. Um, okay, excuse me. And he uh, uh, now Lawler does have another promo with him where he's on the Titan Tron talking to him and calls him a blaming F word. Okay, and, so that, that okay, man, I was getting crossed. Yeah, and uh, Goldust gives an emphatic no. Well, because the point of contention was, why do you have a female valet? Aren't you a blank? Yeah. 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 But, uh, yeah, anyways, um, 
the uh, one, two, three kid comes out, gets a spin kick on Ramon, and Goldust gets the dirty win on this. Meltzer gives it two and three quarter. I love this match. I'm going to give it four. I loved it. Um, every, well, every I think the story it. helps it a lot. It, the 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 story the build I liked it. It's yeah. um, at, at the time it made me uneasy as a kid. I just we're not used to seeing this stuff. Um, well, yeah, I would have been. Uh, I'm a little older than you are, so I would have been in middle school when this occurred. So yeah, it was uh, definitely a, a weird spot. Yeah, and um, anyways, yeah, again, just not something I'm used to seeing. Um, and Melsa gives it two and three quarter. I think it's four. I think it's a great, great, great match. And um, up next, of course, you got the Royal Rumble match. It's very, you know, we've, we've covered Royal Rumble matches before. It's just very difficult to, I'm not going to tell you who threw out who, who threw out what, and this, that, and the other. Right. But uh, Diesel gets a super kick and uh, is kicked over the top with Michaels. Uh, so Michaels Bear in mind the, uh, the, the relationship between the two dudes and the attitudes here. Um, it, yeah. Michaels and Diesel have been for, I guess, years at this point, joined at the hip, um, you know, more or less. And so they, they are known to be buddies. That That's an outward, you know, that's an acknowledged fact in the storylines at this point. So, uh, you know, some tension brewing between the two of them as well, but also uh, between Undertaker and Diesel. Yeah, and keep in mind, they're, they're really uh, up to the uh, Rumble. And after the rumble, they're really building Vader here. Uh, and Vader makes his debut in this match. So yep. I mean, make, we'll make notice of this. And um, a very brief debut, as we'll see in the next Raw. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you could, I was looking at, you know, the people that are in this match. I'm like, God, a good third of these people are dead. Um, yeah, well, it's been almost 30 years, to be fair. And yeah. one of the ones that's not dead is Jake Roberts. And how is that possible? Exactly, because he was dead when this happened. He was dead when this occurred. And um, so, yeah, uh, Sean gets a win on that one. And the, and the main event of the evening, of course, is the Undertaker getting the DQ <clears throat> win on Bret Hart. Uh, this is uh, where diesel pulls uh, the undertaker out as he is getting mm-hmm. victory and this is building towards their feud in excuse me at wrestlemania uh, for this year mm-hmm. also keep in mind kevin nash aka diesel is not long for this company uh he will be leaving after wrestlemania and more on yeah. this year it, is this the show where diesel or excuse me where razor gives his notice Razor has that, given his note gave his notice on January twentieth. Okay, so just a couple days before this. Yes. Okay. Yeah, so that, that's what I, was, I knew it was around the same time, but I, I wasn't a hundred percent sure exactly when it was. Yeah, that's um, that's wild. So you were things are ramping up here. It's going to be interesting. Um, I guess you want to just bundle raw the next raw, the next night's raw in with next week's show. Sure, we can roll with that. Um, and, and again, keep in mind that the Raw. Well, I know you got issue. You got some some issues. I don't want to overstay your welcome. Uh, no, you're good. I'm ready to roll. Um, okay. The uh, yeah, keep in mind that the Raw that you see in 1996 is going to be completely different from the Raw that you see now. Uh, this oh is no, really yeah. More so of, of a promo to get you to watch and buy the pay per view. They're not going to tell you who won the Royal Rumble match uh, on. 
this mm-hmm. Raw because there, you can still buy the Royal Rumble on pay-per-view through, I believe, the following Tuesday or Wednesday. Yeah, they always had the replay on Tuesdays. That's how I and, recall. Uh, so it was a – they didn't really go into a whole lot of detail of what happened at Royal Rumble. Uh, and this is and, and this is where I, I don't understand the thinking here. They have a match between – uh, well, per, I'll, I'll get through the previous matches, but Vader is, uh, of course, going to uh, – this is actually one of the more famous Vader moments in WWF where he gets the Vader bomb on uh, Savio Vega as well as uh, Gorilla Monsoon. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> out of Vader's whole run, this is probably what I remember the most, uh, him putting the Vader bomb yeah. on, on Gorilla Monsoon. Gorilla Monsoon, of course, at this point, is the president, uh, kayfabe of uh, WWF. And, uh, he gets in some chops, though. Gorilla gets in yeah. some chops on Vader. Back and and, and you, you look at Gorilla next to Vader, he's bigger. He's not the, yeah, I was saying, the size difference is not much. No. I mean, he's a little, he's a little slimmer than his wrestling days, but uh, but height-wise, they're right there together. Gorilla's I mean, this, a this is the same. This is the same they guy. Pull the name Gorilla out of a hat. This is the same guy that picked up Muhammad Ali and put him in a, a helicopter spin and threw him in the, yeah. the ring. Yeah, um, no, Gorilla didn't have to bat down from anybody, which was <laughs> kind of what made him a nice president because, you know, yeah. he could he could stand up to the heel. And I can't remember what that was over, but I, I just remember the interview that Gorilla did afterwards. He said, uh, I can't believe that you that you manhandled Muhammad Ali like that. And, and Gorilla's like, I would kill Muhammad Ali. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He was like, he stands no shot with me. Look how big I am. I pick him up. I throw him around however I want to. I could have ended him right there if I wanted to. I'm like, ooh, <laughs> I like this guy. Oh, uh, Gino. Of course, uh, Gino. Uh, rest, is, rest in peace, baby. Gorilla, uh, bit before our time, and there's not, uh, you know, you can go back and watch his matches on YouTube, but he's a, uh, yeah, dude, because Gorilla was not to be, not to be trifled with. No, no, uh, no, he was a bad uh, man back in, his, back in his day. I'm sure he had a match with Andre. I need to go back and watch that, but um, yeah, probably a fairly young Andre. Uh, because I mean, Monsoon obviously would have been a big star in, in the 70s and prior to that, probably in the 60s. Um, is he all, all in the 50s? He might because he was a yeah, he was a big heel attraction, um, uh, of his time, and for exactly that reason, I mean, he's just a huge, huge man, yeah. But, uh, uh, but yeah, know, no, so, to see him, to see Vader actually be physical with the president of WCW, or excuse me, WWF. Um, wow, I, it was an incredible debut. I mean, impactful. Um, I, I really enjoyed, um, I really enjoyed that at the time, and then then back now, I legit thought Vader was fired uh, <laughs> when this happened in real time. Like I was hit to the fact that wrestling is scripted and stuff. I was like, geez, he really went off. I wouldn't, and, wouldn't have said off script at the time, but I was like, he's yeah. really—they fired him. And you know, he of course has his attorney kayfabe. Uh, well, actually, the guy actually is a real attorney, Clarence Mason. Uh, oh no, he's a legit. Yeah, he's a legit attorney, a shoot attorney. He's a shoot attorney. I don't know if he was one then, but I know he is now. No, no, uh, no he's—he was the whole time, is my understanding. Clarence Mason was a was an attorney that just liked wrestling, and somehow they, you know, connections were made, and uh, and yeah. He he was he was a legitimate attorney and still is to my knowledge. Let's say he was Ivy League if I remember correctly. But anyways, Farrell um, could have been. I don't I don't have his bio in front of me, but yeah, he he was the he was the real deal. But uh, yeah, they they also go through a couple of segments here. Uh, they do go over the Royal Rumble. 
and um, you know, basically he did to, debut in '58. Sorry, yeah. So Monsoon does go all the way back to the '50s. They of Sorry. course have uh, billionaire Ted's wrestling war room. <laughs> And Abby saw this come on. Is like, how many of these did they do? They I said, spent a lot of money. Too they spent many. a lot of money on these things. This is some I, bush I league I bullshit. I can't I stand it. Maybe they didn't spend that much money on it, but they had a, they had an awful lot of those segments. Um, Good lord! And, and this was so an audience of one. They talk about the audience of one in the old WWF with, with Vince. The, who the hell else liked these? This is a waste of everyone's valuable time, in my estimation. So the, there was also an in-ring interview with Shawn Michaels um, conducted by Vince and Cornette interrupts saying that the only reason Owen Hart, excuse me, would get into the ring with Michaels is if he puts his WrestleMania title shot on the line. Mm -hmm. And Shawn accepts and then promptly throws Jim Cornette over the top rope. Um, and also there is a match with Triple H, of course not known as Triple H at this time. He is the blue blood, Hunter Hurstelmsley. Uh, getting the win over Razor Ramon via countout, as we stated previously. Razor turned in his notice a couple of days prior, so he's doing jobs on the way out. That's just yep. out as a time-honored tradition, to quote Vince McMahon. That's right. <laughs> Do the right thing for the company that made him a star. And uh, WWF champion Bret Hart takes on the Intercontinental Champion Goldust. I thought it was a Pretty damn good match between these guys. Um, but I don't understand. This is where I, you know, this is where I was talking about Dustin Rhodes is, is misused almost everywhere he goes. This mm -hmm. is coming right off of his victory in Royal Rumble. He's got, he's getting a push. He's big. People are talking about him. And then Bret Hart taps or submits him yeah that doesn't make any the sense very next night did yeah. you have to put gold dust with him could it have been anybody else could you have done a dq finish account out where was jared where, where was jared jared would have been perfectly serviceable to tap out right now it's it's a good match but it the timing of it was just not very good to me and it and i feel like this is where gold dust starts to go down a little bit uh and it's and it's it's a shame because what a character um, that this is, and I think he it would have had a whole lot would have been a better idea to put Razor with Brett or mm -hmm. Triple H, hell anybody. I just don't think that Goldust mm -hmm. losing right here helps the product. It certainly doesn't help. It really doesn't help Brett, and it certainly doesn't help anybody. Help. Brett doesn't, doesn't need doesn't it, and. Yeah, Brett doesn't need it, and it actively hurts Dustin. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't get that, and um, and, and well, and, and you know, we saw this in WCW. Dustin never really got much of a shot at the title, and you know, we we saw several matches with him. I mean, with Bunkhouse Buck. I mean, mm -hmm. with, with the the tag matches and everything. Tags with him and Steamboat. I mean, oh, yeah, oh he was boy, an excellent oh worker. Oh boy, can work. I mean, even at yeah. twenty two years old, he was a hell of a worker. And he just never really they call him the natural, him. as natural as can be. Yeah, well, and I mean, just as it just as as far as I can tell, he never really got the shot that I felt like he probably deserved. Um, yeah, or or maybe not deserved, but could have definitely handled. Um, right. Yeah, and it, and that's and that's a theme throughout his whole life, and it, it's really a shame. 
I, and, uh, and I'm told that this is Dustin's swan song this year. I really hope, I really hope that Dustin, now there's a Hall of Famer. That's a Hall of Famer. 100% first ballot. And I, and I really hope that Dustin goes out as NWA champion. God, how great would that be? Oh, my God. How can I watch that? If that if that's going to happen, I want to watch it. You get, now, how you can give I watch me, this? You give me Dustin Rose versus EC3, I'm watching it. I don't care. Oh, how. yeah. I, I'm going to watch I will it. put on Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness, and I will watch the shit out of that. You kidding me? The double album. I don't know the double album. Remember the double album, Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness from Smashing Pumpkin? <laughs> yeah. No, I'm watching that. I, I'm watching the NWA. Come on, baby. Yeah, Give Dustin the world championship he deserves. But Too late yeah, for Piper and DiBiase. We can give it to Dustin. Yeah, but uh, anyway, so yeah, I, I'm I'm hoping that we can see that this year. But it's uh, I'm a I'm a big fan, big fan of Dustin Rose, especially nowadays. I can go back and watch body body of work and um, but yeah, that, that's uh, that's what happens in uh in this week in wrestling history for the WWF. Yeah, and so uh, I'll, I'll hit the high points of the Clash of Champions real, real quick. Um, there's a drawn-out wedding angle with inner Sturgles throughout the entire thing. We talked about the wedding chapel. Um, Robert Parker's lost a lot of money at the, t- the craps tables that day, whatever, blah, 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 blah. He's trying to borrow 30 bucks out of out of uh, Sherry's purse to pay the drive through lady at the, at the chapel uh, to get to the moment of truth. Medusa runs in and tackles um, and Sherry. That, that's what happened on that. So public enemy comes in uh, in a double disqualification, uh, you know, with, with uh, the nasty boys. Which you talk about just a hard hitting, just a heavies match. That I mean, this was this was ECW style. I mean, this was you know would not have been out of place at uh, November to remember certainly or hard you know uh, hardcore heaven. Uh, you know, it didn't last long at four minutes and two seconds, but it was a hell of an opener to get this 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 show started. So. Um, Ryan, did I lose you? Are you still there? Oh, I'm here. Sorry, it's hard to tell. Oh, you're super still. Okay, you, you're in sort of a zen mode, uh, or the allergy, the medication is taking effect, one of the two. We'll keep going. We'll keep it going fast. Uh, Dean Malenko and Alex Wright. Uh, Alex Wright takes the pinfall loss at, at a minute, uh, excuse me, five minutes and 30 seconds. I thought it was a good match uh, for being just a completely cold match on the clash. Both of these guys, we talked about um, Alex Wright before can work. Obviously, Dean Malenko is a legend and a Hall of Famer. Alex Wright never really got the shot that I think he deserved. We talked about that with Dustin. Obviously, I don't think Alex Wright needs to be World Heavyweight Champion, but he was a hell of a good hand. I, you know, To start off at like 19 is when he came into WCW, something like that. Because um, he's like 21 here and has been in the business, been, been in WCW for a couple of years at this point. I thought he was very, had a very good match. Thumbs up there. Um, yeah, anyway, uh, we'll move on. But there was supposed to be a dis- Disco Inferno versus Kevin Sullivan match. Kevin comes out and waits around. Disco is, of course, at the uh, the wedding. So he's not available to, to wrestle. Um, <clears throat> the crowd cheers for Sullivan, which is nice. Then Sting and Luger have an interview. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I skipped over the Elvis impersonator. I thought that was later in the show. Yeah, instead of Disco Inferno, an Elvis impersonator comes out and just not even trying. Like, that's that's not. This is on the level of the guy from The Sopranos that's supposed to be an Elvis impersonator. Like, just awful. Hey, Ryan and I could probably do as good an Elvis impersonation as this, right? <laughs> I mean, 
Correct me if I'm wrong on that. Bright lights ain't gonna see. That was so much better. That was that was so much better. Yeah, Viva Las Vegas, baby. So yeah, that was a much better Elvis than than this guy did. Um, Sting come, Sting and Luger have an interview. The Road Warriors come out in mismatched attire, which makes me so angry. They had red tights, they had black tights with the red arm and the blue shoulder pads and arm guards, and I didn't, I could, I couldn't get past it. It made me mad. Um, so. And Abby was like, oh, yeah, that doesn't look right. Where's the red shoulders or, or the blue tights? I, I don't care which one. Um, so anyway, then they had a, a pre-tape with Orndorff, which, especially at this point, I can't watch Orndorff and not get sad. Look at his arm and the nerve damage he's had. God, it just breaks my heart to see the man. He was an amazing wrestler. Could have been a world champion in any promotion. And to see him reduced to this due to a nerve injury, honestly, right, it breaks my heart to see this. I, I couldn't, I could barely watch it. Um, so moving in quickly, so I definitely want to get this part in. Brian Pillman versus Eddie Guerrero. Uh, Pillman with the win at 555. This is the uh, famous uh, incident where Brian Pillman jumps out of the ring, runs around, and like starts to take Bobby the brain Heenan's jacket off or something like that. Uh, he, he's behind him. So brain doesn't know what's coming. Doesn't know what he's doing. And brain of course has had neck issues for years at this point, And this therefore is on the no touch list. Like he's not allowed to have any kind of physicality. And so when, um, when, when uh, Ryan Pillman tries to take his jacket off, Heenan very loudly and very clearly, even on the Peacock version, they never clean this up. Says, what the fuck are you doing? And gets up and starts to leave, like straight up starts to like go up the ramp and leave. And then thinks better of it and turns around and comes back. Like as, in terms of like shoot stuff, this is as close to shoot as it ever really gets. <laughs> because, you know, and he apologizes for his language and says, you know, the guy's just insane. He's a menace. I don't know what you want me to tell you. Um, and then Tony can't leave it alone for the rest of the broadcast. He's talking about, oh, yeah, he's, he's coming up behind you, Bobby. But anyway, he's bringing it up. But, yeah, uh, tremendous match between uh, Pillman and Guerrero. Not as good as it should have been, in my opinion. But uh, I would love to have seen this in, like, God bless Brian Pillman, but, like, 1998, 1999, 2000, Eddie Guerrero versus Brian Pillman. We're talking about an all-time classic. This is just a few years ahead of where it needed to be. Uh, but you can see the definitely the, the, the bones of – what Eddie Guerrero would become and what Brian Pillman is at this point. Um, so again, this is a match I wish we could have seen again a few years down the road, but uh, Ryan, you have anything to, to chime in on that one? Really don't. Uh, I sort of agree with everything you said on that. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really good at saying things. You said it all. All right. Well, that was just giving me an excuse to take another sip of uh, potato juice here. So we have uh, Hogan, Savage and Green doing an interview. They, uh, <laughs> running down the lineup earlier, they're, they're apparently the two people whose names were booed the most were Green and Hogan, which I don't know why. I mean, Las Vegas doesn't have a team at this point, so why they're booing Kevin Green, I don't really know. But Hogan, we're, we're to the point where in by 96, where the, the red and yellow is really kind of reaching the end of its natural lifespan, and we're going to see that later on in the year, about you know five months from now. So anyway, um <clears throat> We have Sting and Lex Luger beating Regal and Bobby Eaton, the Blue Bloods. Uh, Sting puts the, the Scorpion on Regal. Um, Regal, you know, 
again, as we talked about, he's kind of, this is where he's out of shape and on drugs, unfortunately. Um, and he had a knee injury not too long before this uh, in that match with Benoit, which I, you know, I said I enjoyed, but Regal seemed to step off. Step off. This must be why he'd, he'd hurt his knee in that match. Um, so not the match they're capable of having, unfortunately, but, uh, you know, Sting and Lex Luger uh, do defend their titles here. Now, we have the Conan match, Conan versus Psychosis, which was uh, bizarrely hyped on Nitro the week, you know, the day before, excuse me. Um, and Conan wins with the Ziploc. This was not this was not the Tequila Sunrise that he became known for, right? This was a different this was a different move. I I wasn't as familiar with this one. Were you, Ryan? I was not. No, sir. Yeah, it's like a. Well, it was weird because it was like. It was like a figure four, but he stayed standing up and grabbed Psychosis's arms. It was it was weird. I don't know. Anyway, but yeah, as we would know, as we know later, uh, Conan will revert to the Tequila Sunrise as his, his mainstay uh, finishing or man- maneuver. But you know, not a bad match. I just feel like a lot of folks didn't know what they were looking at here because you know it, it kind of contrasts with the rest of the show. Certainly with what's coming up next: Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage versus Ric Flair and the Giant. Um, yeah, so it's uh, it's a DQ finish here, right? Or the finisher's reverse, something like that. Flair pins Savage after knocking him out with the knuckles. Um, Hogan Savage comes out with several well dressed women. Um, Deborah McMichael apparently was one of this. I didn't notice her, but I did notice uh, Linda Balea, Linda Hogan out front here. Linda's sister, who I've never seen, so I didn't recognize her. And woman, formerly uh, associated with Ric Flair and the Horseman. Now on the side of uh, truth and justice with with Hogan and Savage, and of course we have Miss Elizabeth. Um, you know she gets a good ovation, which is nice. But uh, Meltzer would say here that she looked out of place when she got there. Let's be honest, Dave. She always looked like that. I've got I've said it before. I'll say it again. Nostalgia aside, Miss Elizabeth may be the most overrated piece of talent in the history of wrestling. Uh, always looked uncomfortable. Never could work, never could talk, never could interfere as a manager. She was just something pretty to fight over. She might as well have been a belt. God rest her soul. Um, so anyway, there's some horseman interference. There's a you know big schmozzy finish. Uh man, fans booed a lot of it, but then they cheered Hogan more than they, they cheered uh anybody else in the match. Um, they give us a star and a quarter. I'm gonna give it a thumbs down. It's just I don't know, it's the classic WCW great undercard, not great main event. You know, I mean, this is where this this reputation is really getting established. This was the one that put asses in seats. So they sold the tickets. Yeah, they sold the tickets. But under the Al Snow rule, yes, then this was the best best match on the card. Actually, it was at Caesar Caesar's Palace. What put butts in the seats were casino comps. Hmm, Possibly. But uh, but yeah. So that was that. That's this week. At the end of the day, people were there to see Hogan, not one man game. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Although he did have the uh, the dark match after the show was over. Uh, one main game pins Disco Inferno, so he did show up back the uh, back to Caesars after the wedding. So that was nice of him. Yeah. yeah, I like old gang man. Which, by the way, Zombie Sailor made a retro figure for him, and it is outstanding. The detail yeah, on that. this thing, yeah. outstanding. Would have liked for him to have included the chain as well, but otherwise, outside. Well, you know, what are you going to do? But, uh, but yeah, anyway, so 
This right here is uh, going to complete week four for us, JD, I believe. Um, any, uh, yeah, we'll see you back thoughts? for Raw and Nitro of next week, the last week in January. Uh, we'll, we'll get that knocked out this this coming up week and probably have to do two episodes at a time, which will be fine by me. But hopefully you'll have found your, your correct microphone by that point and be feeling a little better allergy-wise. So. Yeah. No problem. I, I enjoyed this week. I uh, had a lot to talk about, even besides the two shows. Let's hope for a less eventful week next week. What do you say? Yeah. And, um, guys, I think it, I, uh, at this point, I've, I've decided that I need to say something about this. Um, yeah. they, uh, some people I really care about are, are experiencing a loss right now that is, uh, mm. Just about as unspeakable of a, of a loss as you can imagine. Nobody should ever have to bury their child, um, particularly mm-hmm. when it comes to suicide. Um, and uh, if uh, any of you guys out there uh, need any kind of help, um, one you can <laughs> you can obviously reach out straight to us on Facebook, on Twitter, at Army of Smartness. And uh, I don't care if I know you or I don't know you. Um, just uh, know that it, we're we're here to help um, as best we can. Even if that's just to listen, sometimes that's what you need. Yeah, and uh, if you're experiencing any kind of uh, uh, issues with that, talk to somebody. Whether whether <laughs> it's us or or, or any, well, well, uh, there's the, there's the hotlines uh, that you can obviously call. You can make uh, sure text, that you can text home to seven four one seven four one. It's the uh, crisis prevention, and you can dial nine eight eight on your cellular phone. Yeah, nine eight eight. It was what I was going to say. Yeah, um, certainly so, reach out if, if that's if that's even an ideation uh, at this point. We don't want to play around. But uh, anyways, um, that being said, guys, I I really. Um, I got to apologize for all the um, uh, uh, technical difficulties that we've had at this point. I, no, I no, you don't. You, I, thank you for powering through, Ryan. Yeah, I didn't want to mention, I didn't know if you wanted to mention what was going on, so it wasn't my story to tell. Uh, but thank you for powering through the, this particular yeah. week. Um, well, so. and, it, and, it, and it helps um, to talk about it. But uh, Yeah, absolutely. Anyways, um, so that being said, um, I will bid our, our listening audience a do. I do. <laughs>